Pastor Lau and Pastor Dala Haprasit would like to welcome you to the following message from New Hope International Church in Seattle, Washington. Here is Pastor Lau's anointed teaching that will change your life with love, hope, and peace in Jesus Christ. And now, Pastor Lau. Today, I would like to continue to talk about the love of God. And I will divide this sermon into two parts, this Sunday and the next time, because it's a long lesson that I could not finish in one session. In John chapter 13, verses 34 to 35, the Bible says, A new commandment I give to you, that you love one another as I have loved you, that you also love one another. By this all will know that you are my disciples, if you have love for one another. Father, we pray, Lord, that you will open our spiritual eyes to see what you want to show us. Open our spiritual ears to hear what the Spirit says. And we open our heart, Lord, to receive what you want to teach us. And we want to be doers of the Word of God. We don't want to just be the hearers, Lord. We want to be blessed. We want to increase. We want to see the manifestation of the goodness of God in our life. We want to obey what you say, Lord. And we thank you, Lord, for the Holy Spirit who is our greatest teacher in the church. We ask the Holy Spirit to anoint everyone in this room to be able to receive the revelation from heaven, Lord. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. Amen. When I was a new believer, one thing that I realized is that I need to go to church in order to get to know God. But afterward, I learned that just going to church is not enough. But I should be hooked up or committed to that church to be a part of a family of God in order to be able to grow spiritually. I need to be like a tree that put my root down. A tree without root in the ground will never grow, will never produce fruit. The same thing, God compared us to the tree that have to put the root down into the spiritual house of God. It doesn't mean that you have to come to this church. You can go to a church somewhere in the city. The main thing is that you need to commit to a local church. The church has her own business to do, like this setting up the Christmas tree is a business that we do. We need to set up the chair. But the church herself is not a business. The church herself is not an organization, but the church is a family. So when you join to the church, we join into a family. And the brother and sister in the family should love one another. I and Pastor Da never treat this church as an organization or as a kind of enterprise or something business type thing. We treat this church as our family. We are your spiritual parents and we love you as our spiritual children. People will come to know God when they see the love in the local church. When you bring friends to the church, when you bring your unsaved loved ones to the church, and they notice that we love one another, they will open their heart to know Jesus Christ. The love of God is an important subject because God is love. When we talk about love, we talk about God. And the New Testament commandment from Jesus Christ is that we love one another. This is the main key commandment of the Lord Jesus Christ for the New Testament church. Yes, God loved the world. 
God loved the world so much that He sent His Son to die for the world, and we need to care for the world. But the subject that we talk in this sermon is not about caring for the world, but it's about loving one another, because loving one another is one of the biggest testimony to the lost that God is so real. You can go out and preach and preach and preach the gospel, but if you don't show love. They will never come to know God. They will think that you just try to hit their head with the Scripture. People need to see the love of God in the Christian life. Amen. And the Bible said that we should love one another as, or in other words, the same way Jesus has loved us. We cannot love one another that way by the human love. It's impossible for me to love some of you by the human love because some of you may come and bother me. And get on my nerve sometime, but I can love you. This is real because we come from different nationality, different cultures. Some of you like to eat steak, and some of you like to eat bun thit nương and chai yo. So sometimes we can get on each other's nerve because of the different cultures and tastes. I heard yesterday that a home was frying the salty fish in the house, and the next door neighbor called the police that there was a dead man in that house. Because the smell of the salty fish is so strong that they thought that somebody died there for a few days already. So we can offend each other through the culture, <laughs> even with food. <laughs> so that's why we love one another by the love of God. We don't love one another by human love. And the love of God, the agape love, has been poured out into our heart by the Holy Spirit. That's why the church need to be open to the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. The more of the Spirit, the more love we will have. Loving one another with the love of God is not about feelings. Some of you may say, "I hope one day my love for people will be perfected. One day I will come to the place of my life that I have wonderful feeling about everybody around me, even though they hurt me." I would have a good feeling about all the brothers and sisters in the church. That statement will never come to the reality because you will never come to the place that you will feel wonderful about everybody. You may feel like wanting to slap somebody on the face because they stabbed you on your back. They may lie about you. They hurt you. They talk something that offend you. But it doesn't mean that you have to slap them. Even though you feel like slapping them, because the love of God on the inside of you will constrain you to follow your feelings and your flesh. The love of God is not about feeling; it's about agape love. Love people unconditionally. The love of God will help us to control our feeling and our flesh, so that we can do the right thing. Even though you may feel like wanting to choke somebody neck, but you can still smile. And you say, "I love you. God loves you. I will pray for you." It's easy to love somebody when you live somewhere far away from that person, but it's hard to love somebody that hang around with you all the time. You know why? Because when you live far away from somebody and you show up for half an hour to see each other, you think in your heart, "Half an hour, I'm gone. I don't have to control my flesh anymore. 
I don't need to control what my flesh that want to do something bad to you because you bother me. You get on my nerve all the time, but I still love you. But I'm glad that I can leave this place in half an hour. So it's easy to love people when they are far away from you, but it's not easy to love people that they are around you all the time and say something that hurt your feeling or do something that bother your eyes. Amen. Amen. We need to walk in love. How can we walk in the love of God? We need to yield to the love of God. We will yield to the Holy Spirit, and the Holy Spirit will tell us to do the right thing, even though our flesh screams out to do the wrong thing. But the love of God will control us to do what is right in the eyes of God, even though we don't feel like doing it. But we do it anyway because we yield to the Holy Spirit, and. Then people will see the love of God through us because we yield to the love of the Holy Spirit on the inside of us. We let the love of God rule us, reign us, and control us 24/7. That's how we can walk in love, even though people may not be lovely around us. Do you know why Satan or our enemy try to bring strife and division and fight? In the church, between churches, and between ministry. Any time I open the internet and see the blog of one minister attack another minister or criticize some preacher, I was so grieved because a non-believer outside read the blog and see Christian hate each other and criticize each other. That is a bad witness, and they don't want to be a Christian. Because they see that God's children hate each other, strife and division destroyed our witness for Jesus Christ to the lost world. Jesus did not say, by quoting and memorizing the scripture, they shall know that you are my disciple. Jesus did not say, by speaking in tongue, they will know that you are my disciple. Jesus did not say. By arguing about doctrines between churches, the world will know that you are my disciple. But Jesus say, when you love one another, when you love me, and I love you, and you love one another, by the way that they see, the world see you how you treat each other, either through email or through word or through action, they will know that Jesus is the good God and He is love. They need to see your action, how you love one another. That's why we should not criticize any churches. We should not criticize any ministry. We should always love them, pray for them. We should treat each other and treat other churches with love and compassion, without attacking anybody. Loving one another. In the body of Christ is one of the biggest part of our witness for Jesus Christ. We will not find faults with one another. We will not criticize any church. There are two bad things that cause us to be worse witness for Jesus. Number one, church split. When people in the church fighting each other, criticizing each other, that is the worst witness. And number two, the spirit of poverty. When you have a spirit of poverty, you don't want to. Pay. You don't want to give because the way to show love, you have to give your time, you have to give your money, you have to give yourself. You need to serve and love people in action. 
when you have that stingy attitude, no one gonna come to know God. Amen. When I started the church, Pastor Dan and I cooked and feed so many people in our house. We show love. We gave. We open our home. We are willing to let our carpet get dirty. We're willing to have our bed being broken. We started a church in our home. I just bought a brand new bed from the furniture company called Lovitz in Linwood. Brand new. And we started a church. We invite people to come in and we feed and we fellowship together. All these are non-believers and new believers. And one of the kids jumped up on our bed and broke it. Brand new bed. But we never complain. We love it. Because without the heart of giving and loving, we cannot win the world for Jesus Christ. Amen? Souls are more important than money. Souls are more important than my bed. We need to have the spirit of giving and generosity. Loving one another is so important. The devil is so cunning. He will do everything to cause people to fight each other, to have strife in the church. That's why divorce happens everywhere. Do you know that there is a great power of unity in any institution? If there is unity among husband and wife, if there is unity in the church, Among the brother and sister, God will pour His grace and blessing and victory into that institution. That's why the devil loves to separate and to cause strife in the family, divorce, and church split, and fighting between brother and sister in the church. Let us practice this way. We know that we cannot agree with everybody what they do and what they say. Is that right? We don't always agree. Somebody like red color, somebody like blue color. For example, I go into the operating room. I always jack up the temperature to 72. And my assistant always go down to 64. And I always say in the operating room, I'm the boss. I want 72. And he said, no, I cannot work with 72. I need 64. But 64 to me is like in the North Pole. I was shaking. So the nurse gets into trouble because she's going to please me and she's going to please my assistant. But my assistant is older than me, bigger than me too. <laughs> so we cannot agree with everything we do in the church or in the family. Is that right? What we need to do is to get past the problem, work it out and deal with it and move on and live in unity. Even though you cannot agree with certain things, But it doesn't mean that you have to write your brother and sister off. It doesn't mean that you have to write your wife off or write your husband off. How many of you have been married for more than a year in this room? Is it true that many of you have been entertaining sometimes, not all the time, entertaining the idea of divorce? Some of you sometimes get so mad that you are tempted to say, let's give up now, let's divorce right now. How many times? I believe you have that experience that you want to just give up and get divorced. But you don't do it because you love God more than your flesh. And you say, I'm going to build unity in my home. I'm going to love my spouse, even though we cannot agree with certain issue, but we're going to continue to work together. In order to be loving people, we need to be committed. We need to be committed to our family. We need to be committed to our church. We need to be committed to our company. And we need to 
walk a life of commitment to people around us. When situations are rough, when things don't go well, we just say, "I cannot tough it out. I will be committed. I will continue to build unity in this place, and I will repent if I do wrong. I will change, but I'm not gonna let." The devil come in to break my family and my church. We're gonna continue to love one another. First John chapter three verses fourteen to fifteen. We know that we have passed from death to life. First of all, I want to be clear to you that I'm not preaching this message to condemn anyone. I want to present the truth because the truth will set you free. And God's people are destroyed due to the lack of knowledge. So my job is to bring. Bible knowledge to you, so that you can do the right thing. We know that we have passed from death to life because we love the brethren. He who does not love his brother abides in death. Whoever hates his brother is a murderer, and you know that no murderer has eternal life abiding in him. Before I explain this scripture, I want to encourage you. There are. Different kinds of Christians. Some Christians are taker, and some Christians are givers. Some Christians love to take knowledge, but they never do it. They are not a doer of the Word of God. But the Bible clearly encourages to be doers of the Word of God. If we practice or put the Word of God into practice, we shall prosper. We shall be blessed. We shall bear fruit, and we shall increase. How many people want to prosper? Raise your hand up. How many people want to bear fruit? How many people want to be blessed? What do you need to do? Doers of the word of God. Whatever the word of God say, go and do it. Practice it. Thank God for a lot of CD, a lot of uh, wonderful Christian books in the world. Some of you may have. Uh, Big cabinet of notes that you record from all the seminar and the church teaching. You have books and notes and CD everywhere in your house, but those things will mean nothing to you unless you put them into practice. It will be just a waste that you have all those books and CD in your house. You need to be doers of the Word of God, and the Bible say clearly that an indicator. Of being a truly born again Christians, is that you walk in the love of God. The Bible talk about walking by faith. Walking by faith is demonstrated by walking in love. If you really have faith in God, you love Him, you have faith in Him, you're gonna walk by love, because God is love. An individual gave a sharing. This is a true story. This man say, "This is what he say. I went to church since I was young. My mom also always make me to go to church. And my mom always like to get up on the microphone and share her testimony. And I'm so annoyed with her testimony." And then other brothers, sister in the church, get up on the microphone and share testimony, and I feel so annoyed, so annoyed by testimony. I just so bored in the church. I don't like them. 
But one day, the Holy Spirit convicted me. I walked to the altar and gave my life to Jesus Christ. Once I gave my life to Jesus Christ, I turned around and looked at the same brother and sister that was sitting there for years. They look different. They're lovely. I like them now. And enjoy listening to their testimony. I enjoy my mom's testimony now. Who changed? The brother and sister changed, or he changed? He changed because he became born again, and the love of God came into him by the Holy Spirit. And people still look the same, but then he began to love people. The sign, the mark of Christianity, is not having the cross on your neck. Is not having the cross on your earring, or have a Bible in your hand and walk around like a religious leader. But the sign of being a Christian is to walk in the love of God. You love people. You want to bless people. Being saved is not just about walking to the altar call. Being saved is not just about shaking the hand of the pastor or joining a church or being baptized in water. Being saved means to have the love of God in you, because you have relationship with God. Amen? Amen. Are you born again? You need to ask yourself: If you still hate people, you may need to repent right now, because you may not be truly born again. Maybe you just come to church to please your wife, but you are not truly born again. If you truly born again, you love brother and sister, even. The brother and sister that come sometime get on your nerve and don't do what you like. You love brother and sister, amen? amen. Can we see and perceive the love of God in actions and in words? Can we say like this? You know, my heart is so full of love, but I'm sorry, you don't need to see it. Is it true? The Bible said that out of the, of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. Whatever you are full of, it will come out. Can you believe if a man say, "I'm so rejoicing, I'm so full of joy, but I'm a reserved man. I don't show my joy. I don't believe it. If you're full of joy, you will not sit and cry and grumble and complain and have a bad attitude. You're gonna laugh. The joy of God gonna shine up to your face, to your skin, to your words, to your action. If you're full of love. Your action gonna show the love of God. Your words gonna show the love of God. The love of God on the inside of you will impact how you speak, how you treat people, how you respond to the situation. Because you're so full of the love of God, the love of God that is in you must be perceived, or shown, or demonstrated through your words and your action. It will affect how you live, how you spend your money, how you spend your time. How you treat other people, amen. I want to encourage all of you to be filled with the Holy Spirit and with the love of God. I talked to Pastor Dad yesterday. We have been a pastor for more than 30 years now. We come to the conclusion as a pastor that brother and sister in the church cannot be who they should be according to the heart of Jesus without the full blast of the Word and the fullness of the Holy Spirit. You need both the word and the spirit. Without both, you cannot be what God wants you to be. 
because the word will not give you love. It will just show you right and wrong. But the Holy Spirit is a person, is an agent that come in and give you love, and you can practice what the word of God say. Let me read important scripture in this passage. In that is introduction for twenty minutes. First John chapter three. Now we're gonna come to the meat. First John, we already got the order. First John three sixteen to seventeen. By this we know love. How do we know love? Because He, mean Jesus, laid down His life for us, and we also ought to lay down our lives for the brethren. But whoever has this world goods and see his brother in need and shuts up his heart from him, how does the love of God abide in him? After I read this scripture, I want to ask a question: Does every Christian have a duty? Does every Christian have a duty to do for our fellow brother and sister, our fellow Christians, the way that Jesus has done to them? Do you have responsibility to treat and to do for your brother and sister the way that Jesus has done to you? According to 1 John 3.16, actually this is easy to remember. John 3.16, God so loved the world that He gave His only Son. You just put one in front of John 3.16. 1 John 3.16, but by this we know that because He laid down His life for us, and also we ought to, we have a duty, we have the responsibility to lay down our life for our brethren. Many Christians stay in the baby state all of their life. This is the thing. My responsibility is just to show up on Sunday in the church. You know, brother, it takes a lot out of me. I make an effort to come to church one and a half hour every Sunday. I went through all kind of troubles. I have to wake up early in the morning instead of sleeping in. I have to give up my football game. I need to get dressed even though it's not a day of work, and I show up. You know, the church really. Need to thank me that I even show up on Sunday. That's enough. That's all I do for as a Christian is to show up every Sunday. I show up in the church building when the door open and you walk in. La la, I'm here. You should thank me that I show up on Sunday. And this Sunday, I even give five dollars in the offering bucket. You know, five dollars is a lot. Even though I cannot buy even a latte, but I give five dollars to God. That comment is a sign of immaturity. Don't get mad at me. I need to get you to grow up. There is the Christian service. Christianity is not just about show up in the church on Sunday. Christianity is about loving one another. And in order to show love to one another, we need to serve one another. It's about you are doing what you were created to do. And to fulfill the purpose of God in your life. Let me say one more time: to be a true Christian is not just show up on Sunday, but it's about having a Christian duty and service. I have a duty as an American citizen. You have a duty as a Christian, and your duty is to do what God created you to do, and to fulfill the purpose of God in your life. Yes, Pastor Lau, prepare teaching, preach and teach. You say I'm not Pastor Lau, I cannot preach and teach. But 
you can do something else. You can give service to your brothers and sister. You cannot say that, yes, thank God, I at least show up in the church on Sunday. Everyone else show up too. But you need to understand this. When I was a new believer, I didn't understand. God convict me one day. When you show up in the church, don't get mad at me. Actually, you are being served. Somebody practice music to sing music for you. Somebody arrange a chair. Somebody look after your children in the children program. You are being served. Therefore, don't just stop at being served. You should get involved in laying down your life to serve brothers and sister in the church. Somebody already served you. Now is your turn to serve other people and take care of other people. Don't think that coming to church is a big sacrifice. It's a big blessing that you can demonstrate the love of God by laying down your life to serve other people. Metro Christians understand the word duty and service. Baby Christians have no idea about service. How many people have baby in the past? I have three babies in the past. When Joy, Paul, and Tanida were small babies, I and Da cannot come to this baby and say, Tanida, you need to wash dishes, cleaning the house. You need to do this and that to help the parents. Tanida will look at us as a baby. I need milk. I'm hungry. I need to be held. The only thing that the baby knows is about being fed, having milk. They cannot understand about service. But God doesn't want us to sit in a church for 25 years and being baby forever without giving service to anybody. He wants you to grow up. And the sign of maturity is to serve other people, to get involved in the ministry, to get involved in the Christian service. You cannot grow up or develop your spiritual life without serving other people. Amen? Yes, it's good to be fed. What happens if you sit on the couch every day and just keep eating? Just eat and sit on the couch. Are you going to be strong? You're going to be sick. What do you need to do? You eat and then go out and walk. In the hospital, there is a sign at the elevator for the doctors and the nurse. It's good that you would use the stair to burn some calorie and exercise your heart and your lung. They want you to use stair, not only elevator. It's good to be fed, but it's not good to just sit around, do nothing in the church, and get fed and get fed and get fed. You need to rise up and take some responsibility and exercise. Amen? Amen. You may say, I'm a new believer. I don't know what I can do for God. I don't know what God can use me. But if your heart is willing, God is going to open the opportunity for you. And you will say, yes, Lord, I'm going to step out by faith to get involved with that. God, open the door. Show me. I'm going to get involved. I'm going to serve. And I will be a blessing to my brother and sister. You say yes. You don't say no to God. And definitely the devil is going to talk to you. Oh, you're not good enough. Oh, you are not as good as another person. Don't, don't get involved. Just sit around, do nothing, be baby forever. No, 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 no. Say no to the devil. And don't let him get the steering wheel of your truck. Get him out. And you need to get on the seat and let Jesus get on the steering wheel and start to get involved and serve the Lord. Amen? 
laying down your life, get involved and serve and do the ministry, serving in the church. Let me read the scripture here, John chapter 6, and I will continue next time. John chapter 6, verses 8 to 13. Another of his disciples, Andrew, Simon, Peter's brother, spoke, here is a boy, everyone say a boy. Even a boy can serve, yeah? With five small barley loaves and two small fish. But how far will they go among so many? Jesus said, have the people sit down. There was plenty of grass in that place. And the men sat down, about 5,000 of them. Jesus then took the loaves, gave thanks, and distributed to those who were seated as much as they wanted. He did the same with the fish. When they had all had enough to eat, he said to his disciples, gather the pieces that are left over. Let nothing be wasted. So they gathered them and filled 12 baskets with the pieces of the five barley loaves left over by those who had eaten. It's the story of a boy with five loaves and two fish. The boy can give excuse, I'm just a boy. I have really little lunch. I'm sorry, go to a millionaire there and get a big buck, one million dollars to feed with all these people. Did the boy say that? No. The boy say, get the little I have. I give it to you, Jesus. And Jesus multiplied. And at the end, 12 baskets full left over. Amen? God can use the little you have that you give to God. You lift up the little ability you have, the little time you have, and say, God, take it from me. I will use this to minister, to do the service to other people. And God will multiply it to bless a lot of people. And you're going to have the increase, 12 basket full left over. You may say, but I'm not as good as that powerful, anointed preacher in the body of Christ. I'm not as good as him. No, don't use me. I'm not that good enough. Do you know that most powerful ministers or servants of God today start from nothing? They started from nothing. Now, I was able to stand in front of 1,000 people in Thailand without having my legs shaken. But 23 years ago, when I started the church in the basement of my house, I knew very little. I did not even know how to sing American charismatic song. Somebody translate my preaching in Thai into English because I was speaking bad, broken English. Pastor Dan, I did not even know how to run the Sunday school for the kids. We did not know much. I even remember the first day, the first Sunday we started a church in the basement of my house when God called me to do it. I drove to Harborview Hospital and the sky looked yellow, not blue. I talked to God because I was so nervous. I said, God, I cannot do this by myself. No, I never gone to Bible school. I never, never been trained to be a pastor in any local church. And God spoke to me, son, don't worry. You gave what you have now. The little you have to all this little flock that you have. And I will multiply. And I will give you the increase. And I'm going to teach you. I'm going to train you. And it will grow. 
and it will grow because you give the little that you have to me. And now, 23 years later, we touch a nation. We are going to Germany now. We are going to Switzerland. We touch so many thousands of people's life. Email me. People listen to our sermon in the website, and they got blessed. I started from nothing, but that from little, little I have, I faithfully give it to Jesus. Do the best I can, and God keep giving me more knowledge, more understanding, and more ability to pastor people. Yes, I make a lot of mistakes when I started the church. I obey Him. I make mistakes. But the reality is, if I don't start 23 years ago, I will stay at the same place today. But when you step out by faith, with the little you have, you're going to move on and grow and develop and have more gift and more ability and more anointing. Actually, this morning I walk in to worship God while singing the song. This is a true story. I lift up my hand. The Holy Spirit told me, lift up your hand. I said, okay, lift up. When I lift up my hand, I feel that God poured the anointing on me. My head is so hot. I feel like, that. oh, I just came upon my head. And God told me, you have been faithful. Today, I give you more grace and anointing. Because you have been giving, I'm going to give you more anointing. I say, thank you, Lord. I feel the Holy Spirit came on me. The anointing came on my head and my hand. I feel the heat on my hand and my head. Because I'm faithful to give what I have. To serve people. And I never give up. Amen? Amen. You develop. You give the best to God. And God is going to multiply to bless many people. And He will use you even a greater dimension. You may not feel comfortable when you start to serve God. There are two things that cause you not to be able to serve God. Number one, pride. Pride will say, if I serve God now and I make mistake and I fail, I will lose my face. Don't worry about it. Everyone fail. I fail too. I fail so many times. But I need to be faithful to do what God called me to do. Pride also say, if I don't get what I want, if you don't keep my position, I want to be behind the pulpit, but you tell me to just sweep the floor. I'm not going to do it. Pride will stop you from serving God because you want your way, but if you don't get your way, you don't do it. Pride stops you from serving God because you don't want to lose your face. You don't want to make mistakes in front of people. That's okay. You can fail. No one is perfect at the beginning. That's okay. Sweep the floor. Amen? Yesterday, I have a gift counseling to a member in another church, not this church. Pastor Lau, I'm not happy with my pastor that he set out the plan, the schedule that we all need to clean the garbage can, lock the door, clean the floor, get the chair out. Why he uses to do this thing, to clean the floor, to lift up the chair? I laugh. And I say, my wife, Pastor Da, still wash dishes in that kitchen every Sunday afternoon after the dinner time. Huh? Sometime. Sometime. But still, wash dishes. Not every week because sometimes she's busy giving counseling or ministering to the guests. But we still do those things because we are here to serve. We don't need to have a position to serve. We still can pick up the chair, pick up the table and pick up the garbage from the floor because we are here to serve. We are here to bless people with little we have. Amen? Amen. And then you will increase. Everyone say willingness. Willingness. 
Everyone say humility. Are you willing to lay down your life to love your brother and sister and serve them? That's my question. I know this is a strong sermon. You have a pastor who is a surgeon. I'm a neurosurgeon. I like to get a knife, shave the hair, cut into the heart. Don't go around the bush. When I perform brain surgery, I don't go around the bush. I have to go straight into the tumor. If the tumor is here, open here. I don't open here. And try to come around to get into the tumor. I need to open directly on the skull where the tumor is and get into the tumor. That's how I preach. I just get right to you. This is it. The message. Get it. I don't want to waste your time. Amen. Either you repent (laughs) and grow up or you get mad at me. That's okay. I have the responsibility to help you to grow. I'm not here to please anybody. I'm here to help you to grow. Amen? Get right to the point. Amen. (laughs) So in conclusion today, we need to love one another. It's a great witness. And to love one another means to lay down our life for one another, which means that we have a Christian service and duty to bless, to serve, to meet each other's need, to help those who are in trouble, to resolve their problem, to give our time and money and energy to serve one another. Every Christian should grow up out of the baby state and start to serve one another. Everyone should get involved in the Christian service in the local church, serving one another. Amen? That is maturity. And you cannot grow up without serving, without getting involved in serving. If you just come here every Sunday, sit there, let other people serve you, you will never grow up. You need to get involved. And God is a good employer. As you serve Him as His employee, He will feed you. He will provide for you. He will not use you for free. Maybe I don't give you money. Maybe the church doesn't give you money. But God is going to give you. Amen. God is going to give you what you deserve. The children of Israel served the Egyptians for 400 years. At the time they went out, God moved in the heart of the Egyptians to give them gold and silver. And they put the silver and gold on the neck of their daughter and on the body of their son. God showed me that this is a sign that you never serve God for free. God will give you back. They serve the Egyptians, but God will force them to pay back. The same thing when you serve God in the church. Maybe the church doesn't have budget to pay you, but God cannot force your boss to give you the raise. Force your customer to buy your product because he wants to pay you back that you serve in the local church. Amen? Amen. God is fair. He will pay you back. Amen. Amen? Don't worry about it. Don't blame that no one gives you money. God will be the one who brings you the check, the payback. He's fair. Amen. Father, we thank you so much for this teaching to help us to grow up in the area of the love of God. Father, help us to practice what we learned today, that we will be able to lay down our life 
to serve brother and sister in the church, to get involved, to grow up spiritually, to learn how to give with even little thing that we have, little ability, little anointing that we have, little knowledge and time that we have. We're gonna give, and we believe, you, Lord, that you will take it and multiply it and bless so many people, and it will come back to me twelve times. Hundred times, one thousand times, and I will continue to grow and develop, and have more and more gifts and ability and finances, Lord. Lord, bless everyone in this room with finances, so that they can use their finances to bless other people, to serve one another, Lord. Give them more gifts and abilities, and Lord, wisdom, that they will be able to serve one another. We thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name, we pray. Amen. Amen. If you are not a believer, I'd like to encourage you to give your life to Jesus today. Very simple. You just believe that God loved you, He died for you, and He wants you to be saved. Just pray with me. Give your life to Jesus. Just pray out loud to God. Follow my prayer. Okay, Father in heaven, I am a sinner, Lord. I need your forgiveness. Thank you, Lord, that you sent Jesus Christ, your Son, to die on the cross to pay for my sin. Jesus, come into my life right now to be my Lord and my Savior. I give my life to you, and from now on. I will serve you and serve your people. In Jesus' name, Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Let's give hand to the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Give me two more minutes. I'll explain something to you. I know that sometimes Christian guests from other church come here, and they were shocked that the pastor lay hand. Because they did not get used to, they think that this church is weird. Pastor lay hand on people, but I want you to understand from the spiritual point of view. Let me explain to you quickly. Number one, the Bible says clearly that God used the laying out of hand to impart the blessing and the Holy Spirit on people. Number two, when Jesus was walking on earth, he Has a touching ministry. He lay hand. He touch all the time. Number three, I, as a father of the house, I loved you. The thing that I don't want to see in your life is that you get sickness, cancer, arthritis, poverty, demons in you. I want to see the children of God in this house be free, be blessed, be strong, be fruitful. That's my heart, and I know from the scripture that the Holy Spirit, by the laying on of hand, the blessing of God from heaven will come upon you for your sake. If I don't lay hand, I'm cheating. I am a hypocrite. Think about it. I know the truth, but I don't practice it. And I love you, but I don't give you the good things to you. I just hold back and go back to my office and just drink coffee and let you go home. 
If I do that, I'm a hypocrite. I cannot. I need to be true to God. If I know the length of hand is good for you, I know that's how Jesus worked in this world 2,000 years ago. I know that the Holy Spirit can set you free from cancer and sickness and disease and curses of poverty. I need to do it. Number four, I notice comparing to the people out there. I notice our member look younger, have less sickness. Less family problem. Kids in our church have less problem. Not because I'm a great preacher, but I believe because the Holy Spirit is moving in the church. That all the bad things go out of you, and you're doing well. One day I want to present this church to Jesus, and He put the thumb up. Wow, good. They're strong. They're blessed. They're healthy. They're mature. If you don't like it, I'm sorry. I need to love my kids, and I want to bless my kids here. If I offend you by laying on of hand, I'm sorry. I'm doing this because I love God's people, and I do the Bible. I'm not sinning. I'm doing what the Bible say: lay hand. To bless. Yes, you will be mad at me if I commit adultery or cheat money, but I lay hand because I love God's people. Amen. So, oh Christians, oh believers in this house, if you grow up in a church that you don't see this thing, you may need to go back to read the Bible again, because this is Book of Acts church. We follow the Bible. We don't follow tradition. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. How many people agree with me that since the Holy Spirit touched you, you, your life is better, your family life is better, your kids are better. It's much better now than before. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. And I love to see demon come out from people. It's like I love to see the cancer come out from people's brain. Every time I took the cancer out from people's brain or tumor, I feel hallelujah. I saved this person's life. How many people watch the movie called The Rod of the Ring? How many people watch that movie? Oh, some of you never watched that movie. I understand the Lord of the Ring was written by a Christian, and you see those bad guys that come to attack the city. When I see those guys, they look like demon to me, and I feel good every time the good part, the good side, kill all this bad guy. I feel the same way when I lay hand. I feel like I'm a the on the good side of the Lord of the Ring and kill all this demon, get rid of them, burn them up, out of the people in the church. Amen. I like to fight. Fight the warfare, get them out of the church. I don't want any demon in this church. Get them out. I don't want any curse. Get them out, because this is the house of God. Amen. <laughs> Praise God. If you need to go, you can go. But if you can stay, I will lay hand. But please honor the presence of the Holy Spirit here. Praise God. I will pray for you. I will spend time to pray.
Thank you, Jesus. To you, the sacrifice of prayer. You alone are holy. You alone are worthy. You deserve the glory. Jesus, you alone. Let your glory, glory fill, fill this house. Let your presence fill my, my heart. Let each vessel offer to you. The sacrifice of praise is you alone are holy. You alone are worthy. You deserve the Jesus, you are Lord. You alone are holy. You alone are worthy. You deserve the glory. Jesus, you are Lord, you are Lord. We trust that this message is ministered to you. If you would like more information about New Hope International Church or other teaching CDs, please contact us at 206-275-1042. You may also visit our website online at www.NewHopeInternationalChurch.com. To them all gathered in your name, I lift to you this new praise song. All the wrongs I have ever done have been washed away by your only son. Bring me your tired, you said.
Spirit, please descend on me. I long for your touch, your energy. I want to be reborn into loving arms. Lend your grace, please, Lord. Hear my song. Bring me your tired, you said. We seek your glory. 